You're listening to Swinging Down Under, a podcast about a swinging, non-monogamous lifestyle from two crazy Australians with over four years of lifestyle antics to keep you entertained, informed, angry, happy and horny. Join our international swinging adventures. And welcome. I'm C, crazy female Australian Sheila and believer of all things love, balance and sexy times. And this is D. I'll be doing my best to keep the dad jokes to a minimum, which is probably going to be highly unlikely. Along with that, I'll keep C in check where I can. Did I mention I'm a pilot? We'll be your podcast host for today, so sit back and enjoy the sweet, sweet melodies. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 83, Swinging Down Under. How you doing, D? I'm doing great. I mean... We're still doing the telling people what episode it is, though. Okay, that will no, that's continue. Good. That's a yeah, trend. Yeah, that yeah no, that's a that's a trend that I'll um I'll just endeavour to ignore. Okay, excellent. Yep. That'll be uh, that'll be my go to move from now on in. Mister Pineapple doesn't think it's a good idea, but <laughs> you know, neither does Mister Penguin. Not Penguin. Well, yes, the penguin that's actually a bird. Today we are covering two topics, two topics that I'm pretty excited to bring you. One is all You're always excited to I'm talk. I'm always excited. I mean, you know, the excitement is, is, your, is your jam. It is my jam. It's not my marmalade. Uh, I'm you know why that is? To, well, that can be a secret. If you want to know the joke, how that ends up, uh, send an email to D. Today's topic is, the first section is all about boobs. Everything about boobs, fake boob, real boobs, natural beauty. We're going to talk about it all. And then the second section... In fact, Kate's sitting here without a top on. I am. I'm, I'm embracing the conversation about boobs. So I'm just upset the bra's still on. We could probably remove that as well. I was going to also do that, but the whole nudity in Singapore and being illegal thing, I thought, we're about to fly out to another country. Inside a big fenced area. Yeah, I mean, it's a real concern. Those perverts across the road with the binoculars, you just never know. You don't. And then we're talking to, after that, we've got an interview with Geeky Sex Toys, Emma and Josh. I interviewed them recently and we're going to share... I wasn't invited. You weren't invited. They hate me. <laughs> we're going to share that interview coverage. We are also giving away a sex toy, so you've got to wait right till the end. Uh, don't skip forward, that's naughty, and you could uh, win a Geeky Sex I'm Toy. I'm going to skip to the end. <laughs> So the reason we wanted to talk about boobs is I, I wrote a blog post. Because we like post. them. We like them. I like them. I wrote a blog post a couple of months ago and... Although I'm a butt man. You are a butt man. I, I feel like I'm interrupting you and I get told that that's what I do regularly, so... That's true. I'm going to keep that up <laughs> because, you know, we've gathered, we've gathered more than one follower with me being the rude interruptory dude. I'm sure it, yeah, fans around the world, really. Yeah, there's fans around the world. Who were like, why has D not interrupted any time recently? That's true. There's been a whole like. Why has there been no sidetrack on what they're discussing? It's weird. So boobs. So I wrote a blog post uh, a couple of months ago, and was it about boobs? It was about boobs, and I had a few people suggest that we share that blog. Uh, it was a Patreon only blog, and then you know we wanted to share it, but also I wanted to talk about it on the podcast, and also get some insights into people. So today's boob episode, uh, we have some audio from some of the lovely ladies out there and some written information that I'm going to read, and it's going to be great. Now, the reason that I wrote the blog initially and why I called it, why I chose hashtag fake boobs over hashtag real boobs, the reason I wrote that title that way, obviously it's, it's pretty in your face, was that 
We, we obviously were active on Twitter. I am active on Boobs Twitter. Boobs are really in your face. They are actually. Some of them really pointy in your face. Really in your face. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm like, wow, those boobs, they're in my face. Well, sometimes you put your face in them and therefore they become in your yeah, face. Yeah, that's right. That's another problem with boobs is sometimes you'll just be walking along and they'll spontaneously throw themselves in oh, your face. They do that. It's a curse for oh, me. Do you remember that meme? It's that a cross like I have to be. Boob slap meme or something. What? Like a couple of years ago. There's a boob slap meme? I'm pretty sure there was. Oh, fuck that. That doesn't sound it. good. But you that can sounds go, horrible. You can go to swingingdownunder.com forward slash boobs and you can find that original blog post. The reason I wrote it was because sometimes on Twitter we see people and we talk a lot about, you know, sex positivity, body positivity, you know, all these things. But occasionally you see people who write things like, you know, or or say things in podcasts, you know, I don't want to be with people with fake boobs or they'll hashtag a picture saying real boobs uh, or natural beauty, these sorts of things. And it occurred to me that by saying, you know, real boobs or fake boobs, well, they're just fucking boobs, right? Can we call them something other than boobs? I feel like a 12-year-old boy. Tits? You want to call them tits? No, tits is weird. Knockers? Honkers? No. Milk jugs? Juggos? Milk jugs. I don't know. They're just jugs. I mean, that's weird. Okay. You're making it weird. Jugs? Can we just call them like norks? Norks? Okay. No, not norks. That's weird as well. (laughs) Is there... Okay, first question. Is there a normal name that nobody feels as awkward about boobs? Titties. No, that's weird. No. I feel like Um, you're touching me um, from across... Oh, that's not okay. (laughs) And we will need to edit that out. No, we won't. Yeah, probably not. Okay, so... The, that's the reason why we started with it. We wanted to talk about boobs. Um, breasts. You, Let's call them breasts. Breasts. There you I go. like breasts. Okay. Breasts. Daryl, uh, before we get into, you know, the, the lovely ladies that have sent us some information on, on their situation, can you share what your thoughts were about me, just real quick, pre- and post-operation uh, augmentation? Well, I mean, either or, you are beautiful in both regards, but the difference really for me was in your confidence. That was was the big change because you, prior to your breasts, I remember the photo and I'm sure you've mentioned it in your blog. I don't read your blog, but I'm sure you've mentioned it in your blog. Thanks thanks for the support. There's a photo photo that was taken of you with two ladies, um, both of which had... I mean, not they didn't have huge breasts. I think they were both C cup, something like that, right? Just a sort of middle of the range, nothing, not huge, not small. I think one was B, one was probably C, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And and I remember that you looked at that photo after the fact, and you were really upset by the fact that you, for starters, looked like you had a very well, you you look you felt like you looked like you had a very small set of breasts. Additionally. Um, you didn't like the fact that you looked like a man standing beside two women. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, had a big impact on your confidence. So you brought up the discussion around getting your breast augmented. I was the person who did the research on the breast augmentation because, frankly, I didn't want the doctor to fuck up what I had. <laughs> I was pretty happy with what I had, and if he fucked it up, I would have been really upset. Now, the doctor did a great job. Bit of a cunt, but did a great job because he handed the bill to me after before the augmentation and said, I guess this is for you. And I was... Honey, mm, honey, not not about you, babe. No, but I was ready to kill him. Yeah, not, not but about I didn't you, want to. <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm <laughs> okay. sweeping back. Give me okay. a chance. So I didn't want to kill him because I knew if I killed him or, you know, even upset him at all, then that could potentially, you know, have an adverse effect on your, your, your new breasts. So I think... Afterward, the biggest difference, I mean, it took a while for the swelling to come down, blah, 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 blah. 
But after you got to the point where you your breasts got back to what they are now, after you're like six years now, I think you've had them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, about six years. Yeah, so after you've gotten back to where your breasts are now and they're not, they were back to unbruised and regular size, they are just a good fit for your body. They're bloody huge now, though, because I'm carrying extra weight, so they're they're y- yeah they're, they're giant. At yeah, the yeah, yeah. I mean, the sun's orbiting around us at the moment. <laughs> We're back to biblical times <laughs> when ridiculous. when everything orbited around Earth, but in this fa- in this time, it's Kate's breast. So I think you did a great job, and I think it did a uh, it was a major change for you in terms of your self perception as well, which. Is a good thing for me. I mean, I'm actually not a boob man. I don't. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I I like a nice, well shaped set of breasts, but I'm actually an ass man. So, for me, you getting an augmentation was n- neither a positive nor a negative. It was just a new, um, a new Kate that I had to deal with from there on in. And I, I mean, I've really enjoyed them since, and I think other others have as well. And I think more importantly, that you have. Yeah. It, it was certainly a change and it was something that, that I was happy that I ended up doing. I think it took about, what, five years to, to make that decision, no? Yeah, well, it was before, before I came around that yeah. you were – before yeah. I was even involved with, the, with you that, that you um, started that conversation. Yeah, and it goes without saying, obviously, that any, any kind of cosmetic surgery, elective surgery – is of course does has 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 have its risks and so you need to weigh that up so i mean that obviously goes without saying let's let's take a quick uh, break and then we'll come back and we want to hear from some of the lovely ladies who have told us their stories and okay let's do that Okay, so we have three lovely ladies who have written in, and then we also have five audio files today to share. So this is pretty Am great. Am I going to read one of the ladies? Because that'll be really weird. <laughs> no, you're not going to read one of the I ladies. I can make it really weird, though, for everyone. Uh, well, that's what we don't want. I'm the king of weird. We don't want that to happen. No, no, let's, is there any of the ladies around my age group? My age? Because I'll, I'll totally read for them. Uh, I don't think any 95-year-olds sent in, um, sent in... Well, I mean, a big fuck you springs to mind, but, you know, <laughs> that's where we're at. Don't steal the thunder. This is about the ladies. Okay. okay are you ready? I am. I'm ready to listen. Okay, so this is from Echo Lone. Uh, She's 49. She's from North Dakota, uh, moved to Phoenix eight years ago. She's straight, um, but slightly interested in exploring females, so she's kind of bi-curious. It has been 10 years since she has had breast augmentation, Um, so obviously that was before the lifestyle, um, and they've been exploring the lifestyle now for about two months uh, after reading uh, a lot of information and asking questions. Back to the boobs. She was a small B cup after having three children. She nursed them all and she felt like they looked like pancakes. Uh, She didn't feel feminine in V-neck shirts or swimsuits and she felt like that those things stuck out further than a boob. She turned 40. She had an abdominal repair to fix a complication, et cetera, et cetera. And she went on and the surgeon said to her, you know, do you, you know, how would you feel about implants? And she said, yes. She did tell the surgeon that she wanted to, didn't want them to be huge, but uh, comparable to my body size. Actually, that's a pretty good uh, remark there because I know that that is a lot of people's concerns that you might get too big. She says she's never felt more feminine. It was the best decision that she's ever made regarding her body. She feels sexy. She feels that her swimsuits and she loves having more cleavage. The surgery worked for her. She did it for her, not anyone else, not even her husband. She's never felt judged uh, for having an augmentation because she feels that no one can really, you know, tell you who you are. She's never judged anyone for their choices. 
and she thinks every woman is beautiful. And so she's saying, who am I to judge? If women want to feel good about their boobs, whatever, if they've had an augmentation or not, if they want to choose to be natural, it's fine for them. And obviously everybody is natural and whatever they want to be. So she feels that it takes a tribe of women to help keep ourselves body positive and we can build each other up, be positive about our choices, their choices and their bodies, smile more, walk sexy and be unstoppable. What do you reckon, Dee? Well, I think um, with the exception of the fact that there were some babies involved, her discussion is very similar to what you've, you know, what you've had. Exactly the same thing, I would say. You know, there's there's some some issues with, you know, I think for you the biggest problem was is that you had gained a lot of weight when you were younger due to a medical issue and mm. then lost that weight very quickly and you had large breasts when you were young. Lost all the fat out of the But you boobs. lost all the fat <laughs> from yeah. your boobs first. That's where it really came from. So I'm saying boobs now and it's your fault. Breasts. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of similarity there and I think you were also concerned about your areoli to breast ratio. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a thing, you know, you do think, well, if I'm going to go under the knife, so to speak, what should I do? You know, how, how heavy, how big should I go? How small should I go? All that, you know, you really do wonder what's going to happen at the end of it. But um, thank you very much for sharing your story with us, Echo Lone. Let's talk about ginger. So ginger sent us one. Ginger is from the Midwest. I'm desperately hoping that ginger's a ginger. <laughs> I do, well, we can ask. She's officially been on the lifestyle for just about a year. The experience that she's sharing with us happened several years ago before we got in the lifestyle, she says, but it has definitely impacted her lifestyle journey. She, Ginger says, I have never had cosmetic surgery on my boobs, although I've definitely thought about it and considered it over the years, especially after having children. My boobs are on the small side. I'm a B cup and I have large nipples and they've kind of been a badge of honour for me. That's similar to... Uh, uh, Jay and Kay from that couple next door. She's she loves her nipples. Well, she hated her nipples for she a while, hated, and then she. But now, now she's embraced the nipples, and I think she's got great great nipples. She does. She does. They you know how many CDs I could put on those? <laughs> like there's, I think there's like eight CDs per side. There is. It's like a she's a walking CD carrier. Like I'm a walking donut carrier. I can I can carry six cold donuts, so not hot donuts because they really burn. So Ginger says that they have gotten her a lot of it's attention, which I have always, she says, I have always enjoyed. I love boobs of all shapes and sizes, so I don't ever remember judging another woman for her boobs. However, I feel like I have been judged for my small boobs, although not from another woman. The judgment came from a jug, drunk husband of one of my friends. His loose tongue started flapping with my tiny tits, somehow became a topic of conversation, and he made it clear that they were inadequate for him and I should get a boob job. Um, well, I, I'm actually just wanting to punch somebody in the throat, like just a, you know, that that's, yeah. that's not okay. I'm no. sorry. I don't give a fuck who you are. Um, everybody is a different shape, different size, different body positivity. You know, you cannot do that. That's just not okay. Yeah, it's, that guy's a jerk. Yeah, I, I agree. And I hope that. Somebody you, punched him. Well, no, I don't, I'm, I'm not just going to say violence. I mean, maybe just a trab. Jab to the throat, you know, it's not just a little, like, just a little blah, yeah. you know, a blah. Uh, Ginger uh, says that this was in a totally vanilla setting for them and absolutely no invitation for him to see, touch or use my boobs in any way for his pleasure. So I was absolutely stunned and appalled at his comments. Yeah, fuck him. 
I had always been very self-confident. Should set his car on fire. And comfortable in my own skin. These comments absolutely... Probably doesn't have a car though because he's a cunt. ...ripped through me to shreds for a long time and I became ex- extremely self-conscious about my body, particularly my small boobs. Luckily, I have an amazing husband who adores my small boobs and big nipples. We have also entered the lifestyle just about the right time to help me bury these demons and rebuild my body confidence. Since joining the lifestyle, I've had many compliments on my nipples and offers to give those small boobs lots of attention, which has helped me to put those ugly comments out of my mind and realise that it takes all kinds of kinds, including my kind. With that in mind, being kind should always be at the forefront of our words and actions towards others in order to help women feel beautiful and confident in their bodies and especially their boobs. We need to stay silent if we cannot be kind and we should be calling out those who are unkind or or hurtful. We have to keep in mind. We have to keep minding our own business and allowing others to flourish and be beautiful in their own way. So true. Yes, it's your skin and your choice to do what you want with it, and that includes changing it if you so feel that that needs to happen. But um, Ginger, I hope that somebody gucked him in the throat. Just saying. Um, especially because I mean, uh, it really shits me. Outside of the, I've come to learn that outside of our our lifestyle, whether it be you want to call us chocolate or whatever, um, outside of our lifestyle, the ladies are so much they're, they're so much harsher on each other for starters, and the men think they have this privilege to say things like this. Like in the lifestyle, I think if somebody said this while you're in a, a swingers event or a swingers club, I think the majority of men in the room would probably drag him out of the room just because they know that he's going to destroy any sort of mood in the room which is which is i mean beside the mood kill it's just a shit thing to say yeah and i I think too like uh again going back to that tribe scenario in a in a lifestyle setting i think also a lot of the women you know if 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 i had ever met this if i meet this guy now and ginger ever points him out and says oh that's the guy there is absolutely zero respect that i would give to this gentleman well actually he's not even a gentleman um purely because of the fact that he you know, he, he would ever deem that his opinion is so worthwhile to tell somebody that, uh, you know. So, uh, Ginger, yeah. keep it up. I'm, and I'm, gra- I'm, I'm so happy to read the fact that she's now joining the lifestyle. I agree. And people, as she said, they're giving her a lot of attention and, and her girls a lot of attention. And, and without sounding condescending, and I really hope this doesn't, I'm very proud of the fact that you've made that step to embrace how your body is and how you look and just say, you know, realistically two big fingers up to that cock also congrats to your husband i think it takes more than uh, uh more than one individual to help prop people up as well and i think your husband's done a great job in helping by the sound of things and, and that's an important part of a relationship as well is when somebody's been kicked you try to bring them back up that's a a really positive thing as well yeah absolutely Okay, let's uh, hear... Uh, and last, just to finish. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> the other dude. All right, this next one. Uh, this, so this is Elle. She's 56 years old. She lives in Dallas. We're heading to Dallas in a couple of months. We are. I we're, cannot wait to I mean, we're almost barbecue. default Texas Texans right now. We've oh, got a Texan oh. blanket. We've got Where'd a Texan you? duck. We've got... Texan the only cheese thing board? You, the only thing you're missing is a, a set of Texan boots. We don't have any boots. No, I mean, I'm not getting boots. They're expensive, No. Depends on what variety you get. If you get good boots, yeah, of course they're expensive. It's like saying, is this haircut going to be expensive? I mean, if you go to the expat haircut clinic here in Singapore, it's going to cost you 600 bucks for a car. Just saying. 
All right. So Elle says that she's happily married to her husband for 37 years. Good on you guys. Heterosexual, but does enjoy exploring boundaries with other women. I've always basically, I've always had basically no boobs. The only time I had any was when I was breastfeeding my two children. I rewarded myself with implants 15 years ago after my husband and I both made a change in our lives by losing weight and working out. Same thing that happened to me. I'm actually curious because um, implants do have a lifespan, right? So I'm interested in um, if you've had to have them changed or if you still have the original implants in because I know that Kate is – your implants are supposed to last about 10 10 years. years but then you have – from there on in, the chance of them breaking becomes a higher probability, which is why they define it as 10 years. So I'm interested in whether you've had to do a change or not. Um, if you could let us know, I'd be f- really fascinated. All right. Well, there you go, Elle, uh, from We Sway a Little. Let us know. Uh, so she's saying there that um, they made the change by losing weight and working out. This coincided with our children moving on to university and finally having time to ourselves. But a good time to do that. It was one of the best things I've ever done for me. I always hated my body. I'm very tall and I always felt so disproportionate. I remember telling the doctor that I just want to look normal. I was always envious of women with nice boobs. I hope that was not judging them. I was just jealous. I have been judged on several occasions in the respect of, oh, you have great boobs but they are fake. It is annoying and it is hurtful. I did not do them to please anyone but me. Now, that being said, I love them and I do enjoy them looking nice and I also enjoy that my husband likes them as well. I think he likes my self-confidence. Not long. Yes, I also concur with that. I enjoy, forget the addition of the breasts for Kate. What I really enjoy is the self-confidence that came along with them. It was a stark change in her personality and if there were other things that I could do to me or she could do to her that would increase her self-confidence by that uh, ratio again, then I would be totally open oh, to, to those happening. So not long after that was the first time we went to a resort uh, that had a nude beach. Uh, we took a bit of time but finally did it. That was also very liberating for me. I realised that we all has, all have flaws and no matter what we are normal – I find it amazing that I'm much more self-conscious in clo- sorry self-conscious in clothing than I am naked. We got into the lifestyle very slowly about five to six years ago. We say that we sway a little as we are probably not the most active folks in the lifestyle. Uh, we, or should I say I, really want to have a connection or a friendship with someone first. And this year they're stepping out of their shells a little bit, getting a little bit more active and heading to several events with uh, We Got A Thing. And that's L from We Sway A Little. Yay. I mean, awesome. Good for you. Good yeah. for uh, good for everyone so far. Everybody's um, found their own positivity, and whether it's whether it's adding or leaving yourself as you are, then you know, so be it. Yeah, I do have to say, it does annoy me that um, she does she does mention in there that um, people have said that they're fake. You know, you have great boobs, but they're fake. We did get a t- uh, message a couple of years ago from someone on a dating site that said, "Are your tits fake?" And I remember talking to you about it and saying, well, how do I respond to this? Because as far as I'm concerned, they're me, they're real, you know. Then And incidentally, it did take you a little bit of time to feel that they were yours. Yeah. Right? I mean, the first six months you were sort of, you still felt like they were somebody else's, but now they're part of you, right? Yeah, but it just felt really like a kick in the teeth, you know. Um, yeah, fuck them. So that was tough to respond to. Okay, now we've got some audio clips. We're going to open these up. We're not going to transition between them because we've got uh, five la- lovely ladies that have sent us some audio and we want to listen to that. And then we're going to talk about each of the different ones. So uh, first up, let's let's hear from this one. Hey, everyone. This is Anna. I'm 48 years old and I live in central Arkansas. I am a bi-friendly girl. 
and I have had silicone breast implants and had that done about 12 years ago and had them done before I was ever in the lifestyle. Um, I am a mom of three, breastfed three girls, and so after I breastfed, I had no boobs left. Um, I've got hips, I'm curvy, and when that happened to me, it really pronounced my hips and made me feel very unproportional, and I did not like the way I looked when I was naked. I was having to wear padded push-up bras and padded bras, and you just, it's not a very sexy feeling. So, um, got to the place in life where I could go ahead and get the breast implants, and I did, and I absolutely love them, and it's been a game changer for me. Um, it's made me feel more sexy, more comfortable, and I feel like now I look more proportional. So, I have been in some parties and some club scenes where um, you can tell women, when they're looking at you, they're kind of sizing you up, I guess, per se. I don't know, but you feel the judgment. You feel the stares. You feel um, the things that are going on, and it's very uncomfortable, and I'm sure that I've done the same thing. And I think, for me, it's more of a comparing myself to them, like, wow, look at her. She looks amazing. Her clothes look awesome. She's got a rockin' body. You know, her hair and her makeup is beautiful. Um, so it, I think that I'm a lot harder on myself than I should be, and I think that women in general tend to judge themselves more than we should. I mean, we're harder on ourselves, we judge ourselves more, and it's a lot of our insecurities, I feel like, are projected onto other women, and I think that um, that is something that we all struggle with. Um, so I try to remember that and I try to kind of think about that when I'm around other women and being in the lifestyle has really helped me feel more sexy and more confident. It's given me, um, it's given me that courage and, um, it, I really just feel like it's helped me connect more with other women because we're able to talk about things. It's kind of like, you know, when you're in a bar and you've had a few drinks and you go in the bathroom and you don't even know these women and they're like, oh my God, my hair, you know, when you look at her and you're like, girl, your hair looks awesome or you look hot in that, you know, it's like you're saying this to women you don't even know, but we can't even be that easy on ourselves. So I feel like if we really try to just remember that we're all in this together and we're all feeling these insecurities and try not to project them forward onto somebody else, um, that it's just going to be amazing and it'll help us out a lot. So anyway, I'm really nervous and I'm sorry. I appreciate this and hopefully I'll be able to help out more in the future. Thanks, Kate. Bye. I loved that. I love the fact that she's talking about, you know, th that she's joined the lifestyle. She sees more women supporting each other. Uh, she feels more confident because of women supporting each other. You know, it's exactly what you said earlier, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think it was summed up earlier, and I have forgotten who, who, who wrote it in, but they did say, you know, it takes a tribe of women to support others. So I, I, th I think I, that that's absolutely the case. 
the more supportive we can be of each other, and that includes the men as well. I've actually decided that um, I decided this year at Desire, or last year at Desire now, that um, I was going to pay more compliments to the men because men, unfortunately, seem to be a little left out. The ladies do tend to compliment each other mm-hmm. in the lifestyle, which is totally... A awesome. backflip. It's awesome, but it's a backflip <laughs> yeah. on what happens in regular society. So I'm really happy with that, and I'm trying to drive the backflip on the on the guys as well, where the guys actually are happy to talk about how each other looks without you know there being any sort of aspersions around their sexuality or anything like that. I just think that some guys, and I've seen some guys that look just fucking amazing and good for them, you know. Yeah. So I think they need to know that as well. And don't don't uh, don't be nervous, you, babe. You did amazingly, and thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I absolutely agree. All right, shall we have a listen to the next one? Absolutely. Bring it. Hi, this is Dev, and I live on the east coast of the United States. I've been married for about eleven years, and my husband would tell you that my boobs are my best feature. I am pretty sure he married me for them most days. I have never had cosmetic surgery on my boobs. For a little while, I did consider a reduction surgery because of back and shoulder pain, but eventually, as I lost weight, they shrank too, and then the pain was not nearly so bad. There are definitely items of clothing that I can wear that will exacerbate that pain, so things like halter tops are not always my go-tos. It makes bathing suit shopping a little difficult, but it's definitely been better since I lost some of that weight. I have definitely compared myself to other women and probably even judged myself based on seeing other women's boobs and seeing what they look like naked. Mostly those thoughts are things like, I could never get away with wearing that top, or I could not go without a bra like that, or I wish I could wear a dress like that without a bra, but that's just not in the cards for me. Other things that I judge myself on are how perky someone else's boobs are compared to mine. I feel like because mine are natural and I'm getting older that they tend to sag, and again, because I have a larger size, that they are not nearly as perky as other women's boobs. Sometimes I feel judged based on my size. I would say that most com- most comments made are even of a complimentary nature but I don't always take them in that positive way. So I almost feel ashamed of my boobs, even though someone's complimenting me. Um, I also feel judged sometimes because people assume that I can wear anything because I have a larger size. People assume that I can wear all sorts of different strapless pieces of clothing, and that's just not the case. In order to make all women feel positive about their boobs, I think we can take a couple of steps I think that normalizing cosmetic surgery would help, and talking about why women do the surgery would help get over that stigma, and it would help women feel more empowered about what they look like. I think mixing boob compliments in with other compliments would be a good strategy as well. For me personally, I know that if someone compliments my my boobs, I tend to shy away from that a little bit because my boobs aren't something that I really control. They're not something that I feel proud of because I've never had to work for them. Whereas if you compliment something else, um, even something like my hairstyle, that's at least something that I have control over. So I tend to take those compliments a little bit better. There are definitely situations where I feel like my boobs are talked about as if I'm not in the, in, even in the room, 
So I think that, again, you know, direct compliments and talking about other things would also be helpful. Thank you so much, Dev. I, you know what, the, the comment about wearing certain things actually was one of the reasons why I did make that decision to, to have mine done actually because I did want to wear strapless dresses and I just felt like I couldn't kind of hold them up. And so it's funny, you know, the bikini thing, the photo, um, absolutely, you know, some, some attire that I've, that I've wanted to wear, you know, that was some of the reasons why I, I made that decision for myself. The reduction thing too, I mean, uh, Dee has had a partner who's had a reduction in the past and, that worked quite well for her. I mean, again, regardless of the the, the cosmetic surgery or the surgery that you're undergoing, you know, you got to make it right for you. Um, but I loved the points at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there is a lot of normalising that can be done and there is a lot of um, comments that can be uh, delivered in a better way. I mean, I, I absolutely agree that People focus on particular aspects and particular women, partic- in particular on the ladies, you know. It's boob or but- uh, yeah, boobs, butts, whatever. There's always some discussion around some, some part of the anatomy. And um, I, I agree with your comments around, you know, I've got other things as well, hair, brain, you know, those sorts of things. I'll, I'll be brutally honest, the most attractive thing a woman can have for me is something between the ears. <laughs> Forget the rest of the, the body. Um, Honestly, there's ladies out there that the first time I met them, I wasn't particularly attracted to them because of the way, you know, my my initial impressions of them. But once I got to know them and and heard what they had to offer in terms of their their mind, I was uh, desperate to uh, to have some quality time with them. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much for sending that through, Dev. Now let's uh, let's hear from Jen from uh, our Naughty Escapades, a fellow podcaster. So we'll see what Jen has to say. This is Jen, and we live in Indiana, and my sexual orientation is bisexual. And I had um, actually breast augmentation, uh, I guess, had been three years ago in May, I think. And I did that because, um, well, we've been in the lifestyle for probably five or six years before I made the decision to do it. I'd been thinking about it for probably, oh, I don't know, ever. (laughs) Um, I wasn't happy with them. I never really had any boobs. Um, In high school, I was part of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee, and it was humiliating. So once I had the opportunity to get them, I jumped at it. I didn't think twice. Um, once it was decided, I think I made the appointment within two weeks to have surgery. So it's something that I haven't looked back on. I don't feel like I was necessarily judged for not having any. Um, however, I do think that since I've gotten my boobs done, I get different kind of attention. I definitely asked to touch them more than what I was before. I, I guess for me, it was part of my sexuality. Once I got them, I definitely felt more like a woman, more sexy. And, you know, I, I made the joke that I would just sleep with my hands over my boobs once I got them. And by God, I did for a little while because it was amazing to have a difference. I went from an A to a D, so that's a pretty big jump. 
I don't think for me, I've judged people for having boobs or not having fake boobs or having fake boobs. When I didn't have them, I didn't judge. And when I got them, I didn't judge for not having them. Um, I do know that most of my really close friends now, of the five of us, four have had their breasts augmented. And I, I think it's just because you feel more sexy. You can wear different things and... I don't know, bathing suits or no suit and, you know, your boobs out. I definitely have them out more than, now than I did then. Um, and I'm certainly more comfortable about it. I don't judge anyone for what they've done or haven't done. But then again, I, every person is beautiful in their own way and, you know, all that political stuff. But that's genuinely how I feel. And I want to thank Kate love you. You are such an amazing person and I'm so grateful that we got the chance to know you. You're the most uh, loving and supportive of everyone in the lifestyle and I'm grateful to call you my friend. I hope this helps. I know it's, I'm not very good at this audio thing like this. It's a little easier when I have been here to kind of go back and forth with me. So love you lots. That is true. It is easier to podcast when you've got someone to talk to. <laughs> yes, it is much easier. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, uh, the Itty Bitty Titty committee. committee. Did you have any of those people saying that stuff at school when you were in school? Me? No. Yeah. No. Um, no. Uh, the, the girls I grew up with, with were, um, were badasses. They would have kicked our asses <laughs> if we'd done that. Seriously, though. I mean, the, I grew up with fire Italian women. They would have smoked us yeah yeah it, i mean i am i did like the fact that that gem was saying you know she 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 did it for herself and and it was all about how how she wanted to feel more confident more sexy and and she she has done that I, and the fact that she was saying she has her tits out more often than she did before i think probably that's with that self-confidence comes i guess that you know you do tend to wear more things that show your cleavage more you know more opportunity to kind of feel like, hey, you know, I went and had these done for me and I wanted to put them out there. So, I don't know, you probably saw that change in me as well, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It took some time, though. I mean, I, I think it took years, actually, for you to get to the point where you felt that your... Um, you, I mean, you, you started to feel more attractive fairly, fairly quickly in terms of your own perspective, but... In terms of other people looking at them, that took a lot longer. Yeah, there I was think. some shame involved in that. I don't know why. Yeah, absolutely. Some... Well, I mean, there's this. There's still a stigma yeah. associated with with uh, augmentation that it's, you know, that it, somehow you are lesser prior to or lesser after, which is ridiculous. Mm. That 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 people might think that that's the case. You are who you are, and if doing something like this makes you happier, healthier, and better, then you know, uh, let's compare it to to somebody having a a very nasty disease that they get rid of through surgery. I mean, this is the same thing. It's just removing, or in, you know, in your case, you're augmenting, but it's removing something with surgical help to make you healthier. That's yeah. not a bad thing. Yeah, and that can be obviously mind healthy as well. So thank absolutely. Th thanks, Jeff, for sharing that. Let's uh, let's hear from the next lovely lady. You ready? I'm 39, live in the Midwest, and I guess I'd say I'm bisituational. Uh, my husband and I have been in the lifestyle for less than a year. We've only been to a few lifestyle events. We went to a club, a few meet and greets, a New Year's Eve hotel takeover, so our experience is pretty limited. 
I've not had any cosmetic surgery done and I don't have any plans to. Like every woman, I can obsess about a lot of things that I don't like about my body, but my boobs have never been one of them. I'm a 36B, so not too big, not tiny. I like to joke that the best thing about small boobs is that they don't have anywhere to sag to eventually. I've definitely looked around a room, lifestyle or otherwise, and compared my boobs to other women in the room, but I can't say that I feel inadequate. I might be jealous that they can pull off more cleavage than I can in certain tops or dresses, but overall I'm not feeling lesser than or ever felt like anyone was judging me for the size of my chest. Uh, If they're not into my size, then they're not into my size. As far as judging other women for their chest size... I think I have in a way. I remember telling a vanilla friend of mine just last year who was planning on getting implants, you know, why do you feel like you need implants to be happy? You're beautiful the way you are. And it was only months later and after getting into lifestyle and, you know, just opening up and talking about a lot of things that I realized that it wasn't my place to relate her want for cosmetic surgery to her personal opinion of herself. She's quite happy with who she is and just so happened to always want implants to enhance her chest. Uh, I was projecting negative self-esteem onto someone who didn't have it. One of the main advantages of lifestyle, I think, is that I open my mouth less and listen to where people are actually coming from more. I'm forever unlearning my preconceived notions about people. I think women will start feeling better about their boobs when we stop speaking to each other in such a way to imply that we should have negative body image. It's a fine line because as women, we want to commiserate with each other, but we don't want to project our own issues onto others. I'm still trying to figure out how to walk that line. I loved that. When I was listening to that uh, this morning when I was editing and getting everything ready, uh, it was so inspiring what she said about the fact that just, you know, her opinion in, in before the lifestyle versus now. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I agree, but I, I think something to keep in mind, and we touched on this at Desire actually in our event, in our um, commentary event, that sometimes you know we make judgment or we we accidentally make judgment without realizing we're doing that sometimes, and you know just because you've done that doesn't mean you can't make a way back from it either, and mm. and realize yes, okay, it's up to you, it's your body, it's your mind, it's it's what you feel best about, so. I applaud you on that, uh, the, uh, the the understanding that, you know, it wasn't perhaps your uh, your thing to say at the time and, and just because you're happy and healthy and everything's please, pleasing in terms of how your breasts are doesn't necessarily mean that somebody else with identical breasts doesn't feel the exact opposite. So, well done. Thank you so much for sharing. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. So, final lovely lady. Hi, my name's Kelly. I'm 36 years old and I live in the United States. We've been in the lifestyle for five months and I have had implants for 11 years. So obviously the lifestyle and my choice to have a breast augmentation had nothing to do with each other. I've always been small. I've always been an A cup. So really even in high school, I had the thought that I wanted to have implants, but I didn't get them done until... 2008 after I had twins and my boobs kind of just deflated. What very little I had were gone. I didn't even have enough to work with. So I chose to get an augmentation. I went under the muscle and I did saline, which is 
honestly, it was the only choice I was given based on the fact that I had no breast tissue and just the year that it was. And I went through my belly button, which left no scars. I have not regretted it. I, I think that I've probably had moments that, you know, I've, I've struggled with in the last couple of years because I've had another kid since then and thought, well, now gravity is kind of taking a hold and they're heavier than they would have been. But when I go back and look at the pictures of before surgery back in 2008, I definitely don't regret it. I looked disproportionate and now I feel like I'm definitely more proportional. I don't feel like they're perfect anymore. Like I said, it's been 11 years, so it might be time that I see somebody for an upgrade, but but really overall for the last decade, I've been much happier with my body since I've had implants. I think that I've never been judged for having it. I mean, if, if, if I have, I didn't know. And so I don't really care, but I've been pretty open with whoever that I have them and it's just kind of accepted. In fact, a lot of my friends have had surgery and it's not really a big deal. I can see where other people can feel judged, but I guess I just don't worry about it. If somebody wants to judge me, then, you know, that's on them. If, if somebody in the lifestyle doesn't like people who've had augmentations, then that's on them. That's not on me. And so it's not really something that I think too much about. I've, I personally think that women struggle enough with their own self image that if something like an augmentation or a lift or a tummy tuck or lipo or whatever can help them feel better about themselves, then they should do it. When I look at other women, what I have realized is I'm not ever looking at their flaws and I'm looking at them as a whole or, you know, just their personality will shine through and I'm not seeing the extra pounds or the fact that, you know, maybe their boobs aren't exactly where they were at 22 years old. I think the way that I see other women has helped myself with my own body image issues that I might deal with and remain body positive. Because if I can see other women and not see their flaws, then maybe other women or other men, for example, are not looking at my flaws. So it's really helped me to stay focused on my good attributes and not focus so much on every tiny little thing that I want changed. Honestly, real or fake or augmented or natural or whatever word you want to use, I feel like all boobs are boobs. They're great. And I think that whatever shape you have, if you're happy with them and you can accept that they're yours, then awesome. I mean, that's the whole point is be happy with yourself. That was interesting. It is. I think I... Well, I mean, one, you had twins. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, well done. <laughs> um, well done. And I'm going to say sorry at the same time, I think. I mean, because that's... Patience a, is a virtue. Oh, man, that's a virtue you must have. Yeah. This is something I touched on a little earlier because I'm interested in the, the second time round, right? Because at some point, Kate's going to have to do that mm. because they don't have an infinite lifespan. Yeah, again, I'm interested in, in how that procedure goes and what else might need to be done at the same time? You know, I think from what I've heard in, in some occasions, there's an additional requirement for, you know, additional 
skin removal to lift them back to where people actually feel comfortable with them so i'm again really excited to hear whether whether the end result is what you wanted and and you know it sounds like you're still reasonably happy with what you've got anyway and i know a few people that are very happy with what she has actually is that right yeah i know some stories Oh, well. I got the inside track. Yeah, nice. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, it is interesting that she's had them done and then uh, they've, they've gone off and had, you know, another child as well. That's something I don't think that I've probably met a woman uh, who's probably gone through that. So that was particularly interesting for me. Yeah, I'm just interested in whether the third might have been, you know, one past the goalie scenario. It may scenario. have been one past the goalie. You never yeah, know. Hey? But they are, uh, they are very, very, very happy. And um, I know that her husband is still extraordinarily happy with what he's dealing with so yes it will be interesting to hear their journey and their story they're fairly as as they mentioned fairly fairly new to the lifestyle and so um you know it's really interesting that some people have made the decision post lifestyle joining some pre you know and i don't know sometimes i think there is a bit of a a misconception out there that you know uh, i saw recently on on uh, reddit that all of the women in lifestyle, you know, tend to have boobs or they want to have boobs. And I, I don't necessarily think that's the case, right? I mean, I think it's either that people just make their own choices. I don't think it necessarily is... A requirement. A requirement or... I don't, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think there's an awful lot of ladies that I've met out there that have not gone through augmentation and look stunning for not doing that, whether their boobs are... You know, at, at what quiet as the standard height or standard size or standard mm. whatever, standard nipple to breast ratio, I don't think it really matters as long as they're confident in their body and are happy with what they have. Or actually, let me go back to the first one. They don't even need to be happy with what they have. They just need to be confident in their body. And then they're amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna try and trend hashtag all boobs are beautiful on Twitter. We're removing hashtag. By we, you mean you. Me. I'm removing hashtag real boobs, fake tits, all the rest of it. Let's let's uh, all boobs are beautiful. Let's get that going on, on Twitter. So thank you so much to all of the women who have shared their stories with us today and Absolutely. allowed us and to a, share them with everybody else. And what a good spread of individuals from everything from – from no no requirement, happy with all the way through to you know thought about it, but thought didn't. about it, but didn't, and then to the other end of the spectrum. So, ladies, what I can say is, if you're confident and happy, then your boobs look amazing, and you're as, sexy, as does everything else about you. Absolutely, and I was so honoured to receive all of this, and I really felt like I had a tribe this morning when I was putting all of this together. So thank you, and you have absolutely made my day with this. We do have to go pack now. We're getting on a plane tonight. Well, before you talked about that, I'm actually hoping to join this tribe. <laughs> You're not allowed. Why not? Well, okay, we'll let you in. I can be an honorary member, you can or be an I can get some moves. You I could grow some serious moves if you, you want me to. Could, yeah. Not probably. I can. No problem at all. So we're heading on a holiday, but coming up next, we do have geeky sex toys. As I mentioned, we have a giveaway, a sex toy giveaway anywhere in the world, guys. So listen into that. Thank you so much for listening to us today. We appreciate the hell out of you. D, any last comments before we uh, go get showered and go to the airport? No, other than we're supposed to be eating nachos before we go to the airport. Nacho, nacho, eo. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you so much, uh, Emma and Josh, for joining us. Well, joining me. I say us. Daryl's not here right now, so unfortunately you're stuck with me. Thank you for joining us through uh, an enormous amount of technology issues. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us. No worries. Happy to be here. And I was just, uh, I was just explaining to, to Emma and Josh, for everybody out there in, in the intro, that they, they sound really Aussie, Bris <laughs> Vegas. Representing Brisbane. Yeah. Do you, do you guys call it Bris Vegas or you call it Brizzy or like what's your, uh, what's your name for, for the city? 
Yeah, Brizzy, Briz Vegas. Yeah, Briz Vegas quite often. Just try and not refer to it at all. <laughs> <laughs> you guys you guys aren't living out in the switch or something, are you? We are now, yeah. We moved. No, get out of town. Oh God. All right, I'll 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 cut that out. Probably not. <laughs> so uh, Emma and Josh are from Geeky Sex Toys uh, in Australia, in Brisbane. And and guys, tell us before we talk about you know your your company, before we talk about your podcast, you know everything else that you guys have got going on. Tell us a bit about yourselves. Uh, one, do you actually enjoy Vegemite? Yes, no. Josh, how do you feel about Vegemite? Of course. What kind of, of question of is course. that? Of course. Emma, how do you feel about Vegemite? Definitely. It is a daily staple in this house. Gee. Vegemite but, um, on toast every morning. With cheese. Which, oh, man, I, I'm a PB girl. I, I hate Vegemite. We're a house divided here. Daryl loves it. I hate it. It's, it's almost ended in divorce on a number of occasions, but we, we keep our <laughs> condiments separate now. But no, I, I we like it as a midnight snack as well. It's always a good go-to at um, little when pick me up. yeah, when you're working really late at night. It's a good, it's a good one to have. Oh, far out, guys! I feel a bit sorry for you. Like I'm going to send you some Nutella in the post or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my choice. It's my choice. <laughs> Jeez, all right. Well, hey, just to let you know, it's like seven or eight dollars a jar here in Singapore, so it's basically a premium, uh, premium brand. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so tell, tell us about your relationship. Tell You know, you guys, single, poly, open, monogamous, non-monogamous, uh, LGBTQI. So, um, so, Emma, I'm 25, Josh 27. We are in a relationship together. We've been together for four years now. Four? Um, yeah, four. Yeah, I think it's four. Yes, four. Four. So, <laughs> we're pretty boring. We're in a monogamous relationship, um, but that's really just because... Oh, well, like we're just pretty busy so we don't get out much so. <laughs> so we are open to lots of different things but because we just work all the time that's pretty much that's us it <laughs> not that exciting we uh, yeah we well i mean we live work breathe do everything together so yeah it's fun guys uh, you literally own a sex toy company i don't know if many people out there in the world would think that was you know boring quote unquote boring uh <laughs> But yeah, oh, so four four years together, and you've um, just moved just moved actually just recently. I noticed so you've just moved out, and uh, and is that the first time you guys have lived together? Is this a new thing, or are you have you been living together for for years ever since you guys kind of got together? Well, it kind of happened really quickly because we knew each other for a long time. So when we um, got together, we actually just decided to move in together straight away um, because we just thought that that's the great test to see if we are compatible with one another. So I thought, why not? So we actually moved in together like within the first couple of months of our relationship and it has worked, thankfully. But And the company started like six, seven, eight months after that. Not yeah. not too far after that. So it was a really good um test. To see <laughs> a, a stress test. We were actually compatible and it's seems that we are yeah I was gonna say like I know you guys started the company um in Brisbane in like 2016 so I was at I was doing the math as you were saying that I'm like wait a minute that's pretty goddamn close so got a relationship oh, moved in together close. and started a started a company uh well done you two for uh yeah. not <laughs> thank you thank you for, for not committing murder good job <laughs> no it worked out really well so, so I think we like when we first started our relationship we always knew that we wanted to do something more than just um, our typical employee jobs that we had at the time. So I think going into the relationship, it wasn't quite much of a shock that we were going to create something together because that was always the plan at the beginning. 
Yeah, so when you guys when you guys started Geeky Sex Toys, did you did you quit your day jobs? Had you did one of you quit and then kind of both of you got together, or were you doing it kind of after hours? Like, how how did how did well, Geeky Sex very, Toys start? Very very interesting, Josh. Do you want to explain this one? Um, <laughs> I mean, we kind of had we knew we wanted to start something. We had we'd had the idea a while back, but it was kind of a kind of a backbone. Oh, wouldn't that be funny? You know, that would be kind of cool. And we didn't really do any research on it, but uh, one day I kind of just. I mean, I was at work and I just did the research and realized that there was there's nothing like it out there. And I came home and I said, Em, I have the best idea in the world. And I said, we, we're going to make dildos. I have the best I idea like, if I don't say so myself, God damn it. <laughs> and I didn't know, like, to take him seriously. And I never wanted to shut anything down. So I was like, yeah, okay, all right, if that's what you want to do. Not expecting that the next day he then took the day off work, pretended to be sick. I went to work. I came home. He had gone to like our local store where you can get all like the materials and stuff. And I walk into the door and he's sitting on our balcony because we were in a high rise building, sitting on our balcony, sculpting this penis out of, was it plastic? Clay, yeah, it was out clay. Of clay. <laughs> and just sitting there. And I, I just looked at him and in my head, I was like, yesterday, I didn't think you were that serious to the fact that you would then go out and do all of this. And then I saw it and the first one was absolutely horrible, but I just knew that <laughs> that's it. We're going to do it. And that's, we just went from there, really. So it wasn't one of those scenarios where you walk in on your parents having sex and then just back away slowly, like... Yeah, like, <laughs> close the door and then never come back. Yeah. And I was very confused about your... Um, the funniest thing that I'll never forget is the proportions. Like, this thing I was, was way off. It was wrong. It was so big. <laughs> Anything you could imagine. And it was just... We'll it, call it a it, proof of concept. It was hideous. <laughs> but we just knew that it was going to work and that we had the skills that we could do it. So we were just hooked. And then from there, then that weekend, we then were like, yep, let's do this. So then that's what we created the website. Yeah, the website and weekend. then came up with all our original ideas of toys that we wanted to do. And we were still working at that time. Yeah. And then it was Pokemon. When we yeah, because that took off. That was quite a craze in itself. And we, we had a few products out before then. We'd sold a few here and there, but we knew that. We thought sold the first product on my birthday. That's right, which was about a week exciting. after we created the website. Yeah. Which is and why then, I can always identify when that was. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then from there, we realized Pokemon was going to be a going to be a thing. So we released those products, and then that just blew up. And we were, you know, we were working our day jobs. We were all day, all night making these products, trying to ship them out, and we just we just couldn't do it anymore. So I just quit straight away. Cause yeah, was... you had no problem quitting. You just didn't want to work your day job anyway, so you just quit from that straight away. And then I, I stayed on a little bit longer because I actually somewhat enjoyed what I did. And then we just kind of wanted that little bit of a backup but then it was probably like two weeks after that that we then just had to make the call and to say like we actually needed both of us so then we just thought why not what what have we got to lose and I quit as well and I've got so many goddamn questions from that that what you just said but I, I gotta I gotta I gotta hold some we've only got a time limitation here but uh how how did you guys come up with the name geeky sex toys like obviously that that's pretty you know revolutionary in terms of like how how the sex toy industry was being um you know looked at in in 2016 you know i mean like what what was it that made you think this is what we want to do i mean not only do we want to you know josh i'm, I'm calling you out buddy but not only do we want to sit on the balcony carving penises out of clay but we want to <laughs> we want to make them and, and make them for a specific niche you know how, how did that come about well when we did like there really just was nothing like we because we were quite 
vanilla like when we met like we'd kind of been to a sex store once or twice and and we kind of you know we assumed that you can buy everything your pencil case whatever you want into like a star wars themed anything so i just assumed that you could get those as sex toys and when we went to look for them for ourselves we were like well hang on there's these don't actually exist and then we can you can do the research on google and find out who's searching for what Mm -hmm. and there was you know hundreds of thousands of people searching for these products and they just didn't exist so we thought well that's i mean that was a start and then with geeky sex toys we just wanted something super generic because people didn't know yet now there was a few out there but not many people knew that it actually existed like a geeky sex toy didn't actually exist yet so i wanted to be quite generic with the name in terms of quite literal quite literal yeah just because it didn't exist yet yeah yeah and one and so like how how many sex toys are you guys shipping out at the moment i mean if you don't mind me asking like around the world i know you guys have brilliantly a flat rate shipping which no other company that I know um you know in the sex toy industry does flat rate shipping so kudos to you guys for that but <laughs> how 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 many are you guys shipping around the place now um I mean well last year we shipped out just over 3,000 which was amazing for us because we were we were stoked with that so I mean every year it's just increasing and and it's it's quite quite nuts but yeah last year we managed to get out over 3,000 which was pretty cool yeah of course. and this, this- the states is pretty much our yeah the eighty percent from the country state. is majority is in from the United States. Couple from Singapore actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. So you're located. Uh, um, yeah, they're actually coming to us. So um, yeah, we, we, <laughs> I just thought that. Then, but no, there are actually quite a few that go to Singapore because people are so petrified about the customs. But um, yeah, it is quite interesting the number of countries that we ship to. Like some countries, I have never even heard of. Sometimes, not that I'm very good at geography, <laughs> but I am just so blown away about how much of a reach we have, I guess. Yeah, it is amazing, actually. So, so you know, we gave away some geeky sex toys at uh, Desire Resorts in Mexico last year. At our recent party here in Singapore, we just held, uh, when was that, two months ago, we actually gave away, you know, sex toys here and we, we gave them away in October last year. And, I mean, it, it really is a great product. I, honestly, I can't, I can't uh, congratulate you guys enough on, on what you've achieved. Um, but let's talk. Let's talk about the fact that so when I when I was originally reaching out to to Gigi Sex Toys, I, I obviously got you guys on on the internet, and I I sent an email, and I I was responded by Grace, so your social media guru, right? So Grace sends me a message, and she said, "What the hell is it with swingers lately? Because we've had so many swingers contact us. Um, how, how does it feel that you guys have had a bit of a following now on Twitter and Instagram, and you're getting you know the these." non-monogamous couples following you is that a bit of a mind blown or is it something that you have experienced before or expected it's definitely an education yeah <laughs> definitely very educational <laughs> for us it, 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 i mean from from two people who are not in that industry or world at all in the slightest it's, and for starters everyone's been so welcoming and then it's things like you know the swinger couples and, and all these different sections, it's been so eye-opening for us, but everyone's just been so welcoming and so friendly. So it's quite awesome, really. Well, it, you know, it's really interesting because um, a lot of people, when they when they think about the term swinger or, or non-monogamy, you know, you have obviously these, these bias uh, opinions that you've perhaps formed due to media or family or whatever the case may be. And we have, we actually have a couple over in the States. They're the, we call them the C&D of the USA. And I was talking to them a little while ago and, and they're, they're very geeky, you know, they love board games like us, you know, and they, when they got into the lifestyle, the swinging lifestyle, they said, you know, we never imagined that 
uh, they'd find other people like them. You know, they'd find swingers who who also, you know, loved geeky references, loved pop culture, loved board games, but then also, you know, had some naughty sex on the side. And so it's, it just, I guess it just goes to show you that even your product, it just reaches such a diverse uh, group of people, right? It's amazing the community. That, like the biggest thing we've noticed is the community that comes out of it. People who just didn't think anyone else liked them existed, like you just said. And I didn't even think it was like possible or that it was a conversation that you were able to have. Yeah. And so they feel just such this sense of, of um, community when they're, when they're, you know, in, interacting with us on social media or, or even just buying our products and telling their friends about it. It, it just gives them that yeah, that that amazing sense of community that I don't think they knew was possible before that in in the in this sexual kind of. And I think as well, like with the toys, there's like that entry conversation where it's like you can talk about the geek factor of the toy. It brings down those walls a little you bit. Then can actually talk about the sexual factor of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And okay, let's step away from that. Let's talk about your actual sex toys. So how how do you pick your designs? Who picks them? Is it a collaborative approach? Like do either of you come home and think this is going to be the next big thing? How, how does that process work? So I guess it's really hard because obviously there are so many things that we want to make and create. And what we really do is obviously try and um, pick the ones that are trending at the moment or that have big releases around them throughout the year. Um, But we also do get lots of suggestions from people. So we actually have a massive list at the moment. And what we just do is pretty much just rank them and then try and get the ones out there that majority of people are constantly asking for but also we veto that list for whatever we really feel like at the time so if we're super if we into have a, yeah if um, we're super into something that or, we love then we, we really want to toy for ourselves we'll just I was push gonna that s- to the top of the list then. yeah i was gonna say i bet okay, you and then i was gonna say then insert aquamone yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So you've got a brand new launch that, uh, that just come out. I mean, we were going to, I was going to mention about everything that's going on with, with Aquamone. I mean, but you've got the game of moans right now. Your website's cool. Cool as hell, by the way, you guys have done a really great job in, in creating these cartoons and marketing everything, but the game of moans, this would have been perfect for us. We actually just held a a glow party here in Singapore and the, the 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 night kink would have been absolutely perfect for us. But that would have been awesome. That would have been so good. I, know, I saw it and I was like, God damn, an opportunity missed. But how how do you so the game of moans, like tell us a bit about what that is. Yeah, so just based I mean, a lot of those were suggestions that we'd had. We kind of narrowed the suggestions down to what products will work in in a you know dildo form or in a vibrator form or um, and we that's just, actually, sorry, just that point, that's really interesting because there are obviously lots of things that we can do, but then there are also key characters or um, characteristics that just more lend themselves to yeah. a dildo form. And now I've just completely cut <laughs> Like, I mean, for the Night King, for example, it like it, it just all worked so well together that it was the textures and colours and the, the glow-in-the-dark factor just kind of all worked. So that was a, that was a no-brainer for us that we really wanted to get that one done. We wanted to, And that one's limited edition as well because we wanted to make it quite exclusive and quite a, a premium product for, for the customers because then, you know, to make them feel a little bit more special and, and to make us feel like we're releasing more, I guess, art rather than just churning out products. Mm-hmm. Yep. But our Game of Moans range went from like between five and ten different types of characters that we wanted. Yeah, and oh, then I we had so many ideas. had to really cull it down to like the key ones that we thought that 
were obviously the most popular, but we could honestly go on forever with what the designs that we want to create. <laughs> oh, I bet, you know, and, and the thing about it is like you could do, as you say, like current current pop references, you know, things that are really trending. Or like me, you could be completely old school and do something that's like, you know, like Pac-Man, like Atari 2600 type, you know, realm, um, you know, and kind of go old school as well. And it's a hard, hard balance between that, that kind of that new that new sort of stuff that's coming through and then also, you know, some more of your, uh, you know, old school, more arcade-based stuff, right? That's interesting. And I've kind of felt like that as well, like, because the first probably um, like one to two years, uh, like a lot of our theme was around superheroes. And that's just because there were lots of movies getting released. Like that was just a trending topic for such a long time. But I wanted to make sure that like we actually went that level deeper and just didn't do you know, your mainstream superhero that absolutely everybody knows and trying to actually create more diverse, like, products and characters and bring them more to life. Yeah, if you guys end up doing a uh, Mr. Pac-Man Cockering, I'm in. Sign me up, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so here's... Will I add that to the list? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, go on. So who who tests the products, right? And is there a special testing lab? And this is hashtag asking for a friend. How does that process work? (laughs) So we try and test as many of the products as um, we as can, we can. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that we enjoy, but we also do have our limits. Um, but so the more adventurous ones, we, we have a few close friends that are quite um, adventurous. So we, we farm a lot of those, that testing out to, to those guys. And, and a lot of, I mean, because, because we're not mass producing everything, we get to do a bit of an iterative design. So like our, our laser sword, for example, we're on about our fifth or sixth version of that and we can just tweak it as we go and, and improve it while we go which which I think is quite quite cool yeah that is, that is cool because not you know as you say like a lot of people that are that are bulk producing this they don't have that flexibility to do so but because yours you know is, is a bit more creative a bit more art focused and and small source boutique almost you know you that's cool that you guys can do that and we get a lot of feedback from customers and we take that into consideration whether it's the next version or the next product that we that we bring out we always are kind of changing the way we design the products to, to fit with majority of the customers, I think. And then I guess like just thinking then, I guess when, because we were talking about size before in relation to sometimes there are toys that just the size just don't feel comfortable testing. I guess that's probably a limitation that we have there because we have people that absolutely fall in love with a specific product, but we only offer it in one size. And I guess that's probably then that one downfall because we are handmade. We can't mass produce it like other companies do and offer um, like the multiple different types of sizing. And I guess that's probably one of the issues that we do fall into. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very true. You know, I guess because like even just thinking about my own sex toy drawer, you know, I've got various various sizes up there. I mean, but but all these toys generally are to you know <laughs> fit me, if you will. So you know, whereas if yeah. I go to my girlfriend's place, um, it's it's you know the toys that she has probably not going to fit me. And actually, I remember many many years ago, Daryl was being a bit funny and ordered an enormous dildo from AliExpress, and the thing was actually <laughs> steel reinforced. It was you know it was terrifying, and. and <laughs> We had it at our friend's place and one of the girls was like, yeah, I'll try that. And we were all sitting around going, no fucking way, like that that physically cannot fit anyone. She's like, yeah, I'll give it a crack. And I just remember thinking at the time, like, what the hell, man? You know, but as you say, everybody's shaped a little bit differently. So you got to find what's right for you. Exactly. Now, so you guys on the website, you're obviously talking about discrete packaging and for everybody out there who hasn't received a, a geeky sex toy 
you guys actually send these in these really awesome little kind of silk pouches. So what, I mean, and that makes it feel a lot better. It makes it feel like you're serving a quality product. It makes it feel like, again, it's a bit boutique-y. Whose idea was that? Because it's genius. So we, um, that was pretty much, that was my idea. One of the main things that I had, um, like when we were going to shops and buying um, different sex toys and having a look at them, one of my biggest issues that I had is that when you took it out of the plastic, um, the plastic was still in the shape of the dildo. And when we get a lot of um, like concern from people asking, um, do we have discreet packaging and all of these things, I just really wanted to make sure that we um, actually thought about our packaging a little bit more and had it serve another purpose other than that's just what it gets shipped in. So we found that the bag was a really, really good idea and it really lended it to that handmade element again because we actually make the bags as well. And then that allows, um, we think that the purpose of that is so then people can store that toy in that bag. So they get it, it's packaged really discreetly, it looks really cool, but then it has that other function of that when you're done with the toy, then that's where you put it and you store it wherever you keep your toys. So well, and it, I mean, it saves us a lot of money. Like packaging is expensive and yep. it's a waste. It just gets thrown out. Exactly, so like yeah. to me, it makes so much sense. And it's one of those things that I don't understand why not everyone's doing something like that. Yeah, you're and right. I mean, as- it is more environmentally friendly, right? But, but you know, as you, mm. as you say, Emma, like I, you know, again, thinking about my sex drawer upstairs, all of all the stuff that I buy online, and, and only some of them come with with packaging. And I, I mean, I've bought you know uh, you know cost effective stuff. I've bought middle range, and I've bought luxury. You know what would be deemed as luxury items, and none of them come with that little bag. And and it's it's great to have you know something that they can sit in. You know, um, but for for us also because we travel so much. You know, we're going to countries mm, that. Yeah. Sometimes they, they may frown upon sex. Like Cambodia is a great example. Sex toys are actually illegal there. I still take them in um, because I like to just fly by the seat of my pants and, and uh, you know, <laughs> take, take them in there. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's great to have something to travel with. You know, I can, in your bags, for example, I just took one recently on a trip and I can put the actual sex toy in the bag and then I can have some condoms in the side of the bag as well. So it's kind of like a bit of a swingers go bag, if you will. Yeah. Which probably- and it is just, it's just a nice little another extra step when you're unpackaging it as well, just that extra little thing that's in there. Now, I follow you guys on social media. So I've I followed you on Twitter and Instagram and recently you did a, photo, a video where, where Josh is pouring some multicoloured uh, something, liquid, into a, a mould. What's going on there, Josh? I mean, obviously that's the sex toy, but, you know, I mean, you guys have, have your own podcast. I think it's, it's called a, a Couple of Makers. How, how did you even learn all of this stuff? You know, what is it that, you know, how do you make the moulds? Like what, what happens there? Well, I mean, just to, just to clear things up, Emma actually does most of the work. I just, <laughs> I just get to play around and create, you know, new toys and do all the fun stuff. Emma actually does the hard work of making the products and shipping them out to customers. Good job, Emma. So I just make it look like I do the work, and Emma actually does the work. Nice, I like you it. Do the, you, do the, you do the creating process of the molds and stuff. Yes, yeah, so I, I mean, when we first started, I, I, I had no idea, and I'd done, a, you know, a bit of prop making and stuff before, and I thought, oh, like, I guess it's going to come kind of be similar to that. So... Most of it was just YouTube tutorials on how to do stuff that was similar, and I just converted it to sex toys. Really, that was really the the way we started. That's yeah, it, that's that's so interesting. I mean, I don't think many people are hanging around in their balcony or their kitchen and just uh, you know <laughs> molding stuff. 
with things like 3D printers and and the, the the fact that I can go on YouTube and type in you know how to 3D model a a penis and a, a video will come up on how to do that like there's there's just so much free information out there that you can get which is really was helpful in, in and I think started. that's why we wanted to start the couple of makers thing and because we got we would get lots of requests from people asking you know how do you do it we really want to see the actual behind the scenes um, of all the things that you're creating and then we were like okay well then we'll obviously try and start a second channel couple of makers and and really show um that behind the scenes side yeah, of it yeah and then i guess we just fell into this um people of, that were only two people trying <laughs> to run a company and then we were like oh let's just try and add a second social media channel to this <laughs> sure. and then it hasn't very progressed very far <laughs> No, it's it's really cool. I I um I I love watching it because you know for for me you know and someone else who is probably out there listening who's perhaps in a nine to five job nine to five job, it can it can be you know not not as creative as you would like, and then to be able to see these videos where people are actually making stuff, I mean that that's that's really cool for me. It's actually cool, really inspiring. And that was that was the goal to to, to kind of inspire people to show them that it's not. I mean, it's difficult, but it's not that difficult if they wanted to they could they could probably give it a go and, and see how they Don't go tell they people can... that you're like, <laughs> emma's probably giving you daggers right now like what the fuck are you doing i, so was gonna is... say, I spent hours a day making these things <laughs> and you're just sitting there oh it's not that difficult <laughs> oh god all right let's uh let's move along to some geeky stuff because i'm sure people are very curious about you so one of my questions is uh and this is this is a good a good couple's question actually so do you have a zombie apocalypse plan? That's one thing. But the next thing is uh, I normally say to couples out there and anyone out there who's listening can play along, but you can only take three items into a zombie apocalypse normally is what we say. Between the two of you, between a couple, three items, you have to agree on them. That's that's normally something I like to bring up on dinner conversation just because I'm a, an absolute weirdo. But for you guys, zombie apocalypse plan, if you can choose one sex toy out of your collection that you're going to take with you as a weapon – to kill the zombies, what is it going to be? That's a good question. So we do have a zombie plan. We do have a zombie plan, and we have different answers as to what sex toy we would take. Well, I, in my theory, I'm, I'm. Why would you use it as a weapon? You just, I'd just take one that I would personally want to use, okay. and then use something else as a weapon. <laughs> Right. Really, because your zombie apocalypse plan is to jump in a boat and go away. Yeah, because if I'm going to go through a zombie apocalypse, I'm going to want to do it like and be able to pleasure myself. Like I don't want to have to go through just thinking about killing zombies. So I'm taking one as a as a personal pleasure. But Em, you have a different idea. My well, one Josh is, is dead, gonna... so let's focus on Emma. Josh, <laughs> yeah. Josh has obviously been been you know eaten. So Emma, what are you doing? So my initial thought was, um, you know. We have um, sword dildos, but then I'm like, well, that's not really going to do anything. So I thought, what's the heaviest product that we have and could do the most damage if I threw it at someone? And I think that's the incredible dong because that is yeah, the incredible one Hulk hell of a big product. Would be a good product. You could it's try like half on a kilo, it and it around and half a kilo of silicon. If I yeah. had to defend myself with one sex toy, it would be that, and just hope that I could throw it at someone <laughs> as hard as I possibly could, and then get away. So apparently you're dead. So yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's totally dead. Uh, so if I was going to choose one of your products and because I'm, you know, I'm cheating a little bit here, but you guys have dick pool bondage kits. It has nine items. You see, you see where I went there? I said one thing that's sold as a kit. So I got nine items, but the reason I'm picking Ooh, that is because it has the full mask in there as well as a whip and everything else. So I was like, well, I can wear that. They can't really eat my head. Right. So that's a positive. Uh, well, you feel like a superhero. 
yeah, possibly put a ball gag on one of them so they can't bite me. I mean, you know, the I don't know. That's that's probably one of the ones. Restrain I'd... them. You can tie them up if they're getting a bit too close. You can, if just a single one comes in, you can restrain them with that. So yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I didn't think of that one. So so you guys actually have <laughs> a, a zombie apocalypse plan though, Josh. Yours is to somehow procure a, a boat from Ipswich and then drive somewhere. It's actually interesting because. Um, this is kind of a little bit off topic, but with the zombie apocalypse plan, because we were actually located where all those fires were in the last couple of months. So we actually kind of did need to start. We had to kind of create a plan as to what we would have to do if we needed to evacuate our house with our with all of our dildos. Yeah, which is interesting. And that our that their um, dildos don't burn. So if the house burned <laughs> down, then all our dildos would still be here. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a pool of uh, pool of plasticky liquid, huh? Yeah. No, well, silicon doesn't burn, so we'd, we'd just have sure nothing else left to explore maybe, yeah. But it would be quite entertaining if the fire department rock up and there's a house that's burnt down, but there's still... So I guess what we've learned from this is that we're just going to be the first ones dead in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a think about it. You're allowed three items. You can come back and we'll uh, we'll see if your plan uh, is reassessed. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> Let's nerd out before I ask you another sexual question then. So, Emma, you said about your switch. Now, I'm actually currently sitting here uh, leaning against a Stardew Valley pillow, which has all of the collectible items of Stardew Valley. I'll send you guys a photo of it. My girlfriend actually got it for me for Christmas. Um, That's how well our friends know each other. Um, That is amazing. So what? You're speaking Emma's language now. Oh man, yeah. And she was pointing them out. She's like, "This is a collectible. You get that one during winter. It's in the cave on level seventy-three." Um, <laughs> so what? What do you got? What's your your game of uh, of choice at the moment, Emma? What's well, actually interesting, just quickly with Saji, what's really funny is that I always try and get because Josh doesn't enjoy games as much as I do, and I always want him to watch me play it because I always just feel like then he can enjoy it with me, and he just finds no, it the most boring thing in the entire world. <laughs> but my game of choice is has to be Zelda Breath of the Wild. Like I can just play that for hours and hours and hours at the moment. Yeah, actually, um, so I have that same couple. Uh, he's really into Zelda. She's really into Stardew, but they just created that new, uh, it was just released uh, not too long ago, a couple of months back, but the Stardew community where you can have multiple players playing together. And so they're in Sydney. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously over here, and so we've created our own uh, farm. Sometimes, probably what you don't know, Amber, is that you can actually, as there's three characters, they can actually sleep in the same bed as me. So we can go to bed at <laughs> night, even though we have three cabins. Sometimes they'll decide to come and sneak into the same bed and we'll all wake up in the morning together. So I think Stardew Valley might be non-monogamous. I'm not too sure. That is fantastic. <laughs> awesome. I watched someone um, and he was playing and then because, like, you know how you can be in a relationship with people and then you can be in multiple relationships at multiple times mm-hmm. and then if you end up being able to be in the relationship with every single character and then they all, like, band together and get really angry at you because you're, like, with everybody else. Yeah, it is. It is actually polyamorous as well. I think she yeah. actually, she actually has, I think, two or three girlfriends, and she was very excited by the fact that she's, you know, ruled over all the ladies in the land. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, no, that is a, a great game. Uh, all right, so Josh, what's your favorite sex position? I always like to ask this of people. So, what's your favorite? And then Emma, what's your favorite, and why? Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite. I'm going to have to be boring and say missionary. I'm just going to have to that's go. That's mine. Okay, well, I can't. I'll, I'll, you're allowed yeah, to have really the same. Have a... You're allowed to have the same sex. But that, that's allowed. I guess that works. I guess it works if we have the same position because then that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to say missionary it. then. Okay. Boring. <laughs> that's like the most boring one. I don't know. 
Because I mean, with I with, a, with us, the company, like and toys. we get to try so many toys, and there's so many different. We get to have fun in so many. Like when when we're just when it's a single kind of missionary position, I think it's quite. It's one of the few times we get to be kind of, not intimate, but we get to be intimate all the time, I suppose. But it's it's actually really interesting though in relation to, um, sex and our company because we're literally pouring dildos all day every day and then to then translate and then running the company together as a couple and then translating that into the bedroom can sometimes get not difficult but it's just hard just to transition yeah like it's it doesn't take the fun out of it but when you're dealing with these like dildos all day they don't become sometimes they don't become sexual anymore yeah yeah, no, I, and I, I guess that's probably another reason why we then like to change up and not and try and always release new designs all the time for ourselves just as well. To keep it fun so for then us. we're yeah. always changing and and experiencing new toys, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely I couldn't agree more with what you're saying because I mean, you know, some social social media, especially for us right now, you know, with Twitter and stuff, everything on there. You know, I'm I'm looking at it a couple of hours a day, or you know, picking up my phone when whenever I'm not doing something and you know, scrolling through and everything is sexualized and to the point where I've mm-hmm. actually become uh, unaware of it. And so the other day we were sitting around and I was looking at uh, some other podcasters and their their artwork for their, for their podcast. And Daryl turns to me and he's like, my God, every single one of those female-only hosted podcasts, the, the image is very sexualized and I'm looking at it and I'm like, really? I, and, I, you know, because I've just become so numb to it, I don't notice when people are making an O-face anymore. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why, like, and it's it's hard when we then go that in, into the bedroom, but because it is twenty four seven for us, because there's no like, because we, we live where we work and we work just all the time because we love it. But then to switch that off and go into you know loving relationship mode where we're having the sexual like it, it, it is that little bit disjointed. But I mean, we deal with it. We're... It's actually interesting they're talking about it now because then it just makes you realize it. Because yeah, sometimes you yeah. just go along and keep working, working, working until you actually think about it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's probably yeah, something that we should do as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and look, many many swingers go through the same thing. You know, we, we, we have this non-monogamous lifestyle where we're meeting other people. And, and that balance between, you know, meeting other people and spending your time with them as well as spending your time with your partner, as well as self-pleasure, it's a, it can be a tough balance, you know, and sometimes uh, you, you might get wrapped up into the lifestyle and meeting other people and then you kind of forget, well, hold on a second, like slow your roll here, I've got a partner and, and we need to be intimate and win. it's, it's uh, all in a similar vein. Exactly. I guess it's comforting knowing that everyone's kind of going through the same the same issues in, in this. In, I, I suppose everyone, no matter where you are in this kind of industry, I, I guess you would have similar views like those bounds having to figure out those boundaries and where the lines sit oh absolutely yeah um so look before we before we close out here guys is there anything else that you want to tell us about geeky sex toys what do you want our listeners to know about your organization or some of the toys that you guys are selling at the moment um well i mean for starters there's grace grace is our social media guru she's all over twitter she's amazing she's way more geeky than emma and i will ever be um, so she's the one, you know, really pushing that community and, and helping that community grow, which is awesome. So we love Grace. And um, that's what I guess that, um, what we're wanting to say is like, 
we are just so open to we're wanting to create this geeky community. We want everybody to feel like they're involved. Um, we, anybody that wants to contact us or talk to us or have any questions whatsoever, we're 100% open to that because when we get emails or questions, it's either me, Josh, or Grace answering them. So the more people that we can get talking about sex toys, geeky sex toys, um, and being able to address if they have any fears or anything then that's what we want to be here for just to create that community for people and you guys are uh giving away so out there for everybody who's listening thank you so much emma and josh they have decided to give away a unicorn horn dildo in any color that you like there's three different colors online you can pick which one and this is going to be posted anywhere in the world so if you guys go on to the swingingdownunder.com website forward slash geeky you can see how to how to uh, enter the the giveaway but essentially we're going to draw that on the 10th of april and uh, thank you so much emma and josh for for offering that to our listeners you know we're really stoked that you guys are are going to send that out there out in the world you know you're sending your unicorn love out there in the world for anyone who wants to enter that so that's that's really cool and we really appreciate that that's no worries and also if um for people um the colors there pink purple or white well we're also happy to do any custom color that you want so if you don't like one of those and you may have a very specific color in mind then because we hand make them we can do that for you wow that's really super cool so i because i did see that you were pouring a, a multicolored one one day as well that's cool Yes, the rainbow one. So they were very hard to make. But yes, if you if they want the rainbow one, then we can do that. Or any if they want it glittery or just any type of color whatsoever, we can make that happen. That is too easy. Yeah, that's so awesome. Thank you so much. And I mean, I really appreciate you guys uh, coming on to our podcast. You know, I know that you're extremely busy, obviously, with your own uh, organization, with your own podcast, with your own YouTube channel, or your uh, Instagram feed and stuff like that. So thank you so much for for sharing a little bit about Geeky Sex Toys with with me and, and with the listeners. We really appreciate it. You know, our aim here on the podcast is to, you know, help people understand what is out there and, and you know, bring a, a whole sex positive community to to the world. And so you guys are definitely doing something and, and it's great to see that you are, you know, helping some of those people who perhaps are, are in a bit of a niche and who may have felt that some of the sex toys available out there in the world weren't meeting their needs. And, and I think you guys are doing a great job. Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it.